It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Ridiculous Ashes podcast. I'm Dan Lipke. With me is Alex Bowden. Hello. We're covering historical Ashes series to find out which nation is the more ridiculous at cricket, England or Australia. And the first series we're covering is the 1997 Ashes. Yes. Uh, so the way we deal with it, we do one test match per episode um, and we each nominate ridiculous moments for our respective nations. So I nominate three ridiculous moments for England and Dan nominates three ridiculous moments for Australia. Uh, and then we take stock, we compare them with each other, and we try and work out which is the most ridiculous. The most ridiculous moment gets three points, the next most ridiculous gets two points, and the third most ridiculous gets one point. Uh, whichever team gets most points wins, wins that test match. And it's important to note this is not about bad cricket. Uh, it's not about good cricket, bad cricket. It's about ridiculous cricket. Uh, so laughable moments, illogical moments, just unexpected and exceptional in some way. Uh, so we'll we'll just get into it. The series is uh, 1-1 at the moment. Uh, Australia shocked hot favourites England in the opener. Uh, and then the home team bounced back largely by getting rolled for 77. Um uh, so, can you can you give us a recap of the third test, please, Dan? Yeah, so uh, while while it's one one in the ridiculous Ashes, England are technically still one nil up in the in the in the more traditional version of the Ashes. Uh, but for this test, Mark Taylor won the toss and either boldly or crazily chose to bat first on a green top. So he was inevitably out very cheaply, and so was uh, Greg Blewett and Mark Waugh, which meant Australia were soon forty two for three. Uh, but then Steve Waugh came in and he made a century as the wickets fell around him. And the wickets fell mostly due to England debutant Dean Headley, who took four for 72. And uh, thanks to the Steve Waugh century, Australia finished uh, on 235 all out. In reply, England started well. They, they made their way to one for 74 before Warren dismissed Stewart. And then Warren started dismissing pretty much everybody else. He ended up with six for 48 as England crumbled to 162 all out. And then uh, Australia batted again and their second innings, Steve Waugh decided to get another century. And they reached uh, eight for 395 declared, which uh, set England a target of, well, a, a theoretical run target, but more realistically, a target of a day and a half to survive. Uh, instead of surviving, they were bowled out for an even 200 and Australia leveled the series but who was the more ridiculous it's time to find out 
Okay. Uh, can I can I make the first nomination, please? You may very well make the first nomination. This is going to be uh, well. It's, it's already a familiar theme, but I again <laughs> like to nominate a batting collapse. Uh, but I would actually like to nominate two batting collapses because uh, England managed to deliver two in the same test match. And uh, it's kind of interesting to look at them because they're slightly different forms. In the first innings, they were, as you say, 74 for one and then collapsed to 162 all out. Uh, So losing nine wickets for 88. But then in the second innings, I actually think this is more of a collapse because the the point was that they needed to bat for a day and a half and they were 44 for naught. Uh, and then 55 for four, which is basically, <laughs> well, that's just it. So four for 11 there. Yep. Uh, and then that went on to 84 for five, chasing 469 or back to uh, a day and a half. Uh, so they're almost, uh, by this point, competing with themselves. <laughs> Australia had that great batting collapse in the first test. England followed up with a masterful batting collapse of their own. But by this point, it, it kind of reminded me of when... Um, that one day series, I don't know what year it was, it might have been before this, when Australia ended up playing Australia A in the final yes. of the Tri Series. England yes. are sort of operating on such a higher plane that they can only really compete with themselves for yep. batting class. For, for first innings England v second innings England. Yes. <laughs> to just sort of uh, see how they can motivate themselves. I mean, that's the thing when you become a truly great size. How do you motivate yourself to, to, to maintain those standards? And this is clearly England's way of doing it. And I, I, I still can't really choose between those two batting clubs. I, I, I feel for the second one. I've got strong feelings for the second one because it 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 just felt like the match just went then but then the the first one is more comprehensive nine yes. wickets is a, a big a big fold yeah i i i think i think um i think i prefer the second one i th- i think falling from uh 44 for none to 55 for four i, th- I think that's just a higher peak of a collapse not uh, it's lo- all the bats isn't it yeah uh, losing nine for 88 that's a good sustained long long collapse but i just like a, a nice strong burst 11 runs four wickets all your batters out it's just yeah that's yeah. that's the, I'll, I personally prefer those those peaks of collapseness. Yeah, just pop for a pop for a cup of tea, then come back. Oh, we've completely <laughs> lost as much that yep. kind of vibe. Yes. All right, I will move on to my first nomination, uh, and I, I will uh, nominate Wars Twin Hundreds. And when I say Wars Twin Hundreds, uh, Steve War, of course, as I mentioned, got a hundred in each innings, and they're usually referred to uh, in the context of this match as Steve Wars Twin Hundreds. I prefer to call them Mark Wars Twins Hundreds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just just to keep people on their toes. So yeah, so the the, the basic uh, premise of the test was that Mark Taylor, who was still technically out of form, despite his century in the first test, he was still pretty rubbish, really. He chose to bat first on this green top, and he, he ended up making two and then one for the match. Uh, but his logic was uh, was basically that he wanted Shane Warne to bowl in the, in the fourth innings. Uh, and... You know, if if they collapsed, they, they Australia were pretty much doomed. So it was a, a pretty ridiculous call. But uh, Steve Waugh kind of up the up the ridiculousness with his uh, with his pair of hundreds. Uh, he, he went on to claim that the one in the first innings was his finest Test innings, which maybe it was. But uh, that, that Steve Waugh does have a reputation of, of being a, a tad hyperbolic. Uh, for, for example, he had made a double century against the West Indies like just two years earlier, which broke their stranglehold on world cricket and essentially established Australia as the new dominant force. Uh, but yeah, maybe this one was, was better in his mind. Um, uh, Steve, Steve was a very short memory span, I think. 
I mean, did we know? Do we know that at the time? Was was this something we came to know over the following years? Or no, I, I think his reputation for hyperbole became really strong once he became the captain. Basically, at least once a summer, he, uh, he anointed a, a, a once in a generation player. So I'm pretty sure Brett Lee was a once in a generation player. Uh, and then, like the next year, there was a new once in a generation player. Like Ricky Ponting was a once in a generation player. The the, the the generations in Australian cricket were like fruit fly like in their in their turnover. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was quite impressive, but yeah, that that was that was more hindsight corner when he really developed the reputation. But yeah, so yeah. Mo- mo- mostly this nomination is just the fact that he got two hundreds in a test, which is uh, quite phenomenal and ridiculous. Hindsight hindsight corner is our our little feature, which acknowledges that there are th- some things that we that we identify as being ridiculous, but we can only know that they're ridiculous with the benefit of hindsight. Yes. But, uh, at the time, it, it didn't necessarily seem that. Um, a couple of things about his innings. I mean, one thing I clocked was that uh, Alex Stewart said the most wonderfully cricket thing about the, the first of wars centuries. He said, uh, and this is just such a typical cricket quote, he said, uh, he played and missed, but he was always in control. <laughs> <laughs> it's just absolute nonsense, but that's the kind of thing you hear Crickers and say all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then this one uh, cuts both ways, really. Uh, but uh, so, so War made 100 in each innings, and England mustered 162 and 200 in their innings. So they, in either of their innings, they, they didn't quite manage to mas- uh, manage to muster as many as uh, what, what War delivered within the match. Uh, that's very good. Okay, my next one is. Um, Midway through one of England's many collapses, uh, Mark Butcher managing to get himself stumped off Michael Bevan uh, to this uh, just a filthy leg side full toss. Um, at that point, it was 94 for two, and they were 143 behind with eight wickets left, so they weren't even in that bad a position in the match. Yeah, so, so it was, wasn't really the middle of the collapse, was it? It basically triggered a uh, collapse. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, stumped off a leg side full toss. Yeah. My, my Michael Bevan is a wrist spinner. He, he, he was an adventure, wasn't he? he? He could turn it a lot, and he had a magnificent wrong end, but he, he didn't have uh, spectacular control of the cricket ball when it came out of his hand, which, which is one of the things I, I love most about his bowling, because it was the exact opposite of his, uh, well, his ODI batting, at least. Because when he batted in an ODI, he was always very methodical and controlled and measured, and he knew exactly what he had to do, and he was in charge of every possible path he might take in order to achieve his goal. And when he was bowling, it was just like, oh, I'll give this a bloody massive rip, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes what happens is you bowl a full toss down leg side and the batter misses it and he's stumped. Yes. And I think he, he only took a, like a couple of wickets in the whole series, I think. Yeah. Yes. And that was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm kind of going to stick in the same area for for my nomination because I'm going to uh, kind of match your uh, your uh, butcher being dismissed from that delivery by by nominating Ian Healy completing the actual stumping itself, which was really quite ridiculously spectacular because uh, Bevan threw up this, as you say, this wild leg side full toss, and Healy managed to somehow take that incredibly wayward delivery on the half volley and remove the bales in one motion as Butcher stumbled out of his crease for like a split second. It was uh, it was pretty spectacular stuff. It was ridiculously good. It was, well, it, it was 
it was almost unspectacular. That's how good it was yeah, that it yeah. should have been spectacular because it was such a difficult thing to do. But as the ball's sort of flying down the leg side, he just sort of scuttles across and that's it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's quite quite the move. I I, I, I must admit, I, I do tend to forget how good a keeper Ian Healy was. He he, he was a very he was a ridiculously good keeper. He um but every now and then if you go back and watch old footage like this, you go, Oh bloody hell, you you were you were pretty handy behind the stumps. Uh, there, there was a ball a little bit later in the test, uh, bowled by Warren uh, uh, into the into the footmarks, and it spun pretty much out, or pitched well outside leg, spun fully across the entire width of the batter, and Healy just kind of comfortably took it outside off stump as if, oh yeah, that's fine, no problem. It was, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it was a normal thing. Yep. I tend to think of him as being the the definitive. If I can close my eyes and think of a wicketkeeper, it's Ian Healy. Just yep. everything about him, the the size of him, the, the shape sledging. of him behind the stuff, the face, the sound of him. Yes, <laughs> the way he batted, but the tend the tendency to cheat if given an, if given the chance to do so. Absolutely, without a doubt. <laughs> and it's just so much wicketkeeping in him; it spilled over into his daughter, even. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, niece, niece. Oh, sorry, niece. Yes. yes yeah. Right, what's your next nomination? Um, my next nomination is John Crawley's second innings. John Crawley always had this reputation as being a batsman who who, who only really made runs when there was nothing much riding on it. <laughs> uh, and in, in this instance, he emerged at 55 for four, chasing 469, yep. and made 80, 83 runs. Which is just a gloriously point, pointless innings. Just, that, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's really good stuff. But then also just to compound it, he was out treading on his wicket. <laughs> just, as, just as he'd be thinking of maybe making 100, he uh, trod on his wicket for 83. It was, uh, it was pure junk. <laughs> uh, there, there is something, I mean, this, is, this is very much hindsight corner, but of course uh, and we'll, no doubt we'll cover this whenever we get around to 2005. But Shane Warne famously trod on his stumps. Uh, in, in a test match where there was a desperate chase for victory that seemed very improbable. And uh, <laughs> it was probably slightly less improbable than John Crawley's treading on his stumps when God only knows how far behind they were. But more than, more, more than 200 behind. While batting for a 90s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the other thing about John Crawley is I genuinely don't know if John Crawley is Zach Crawley's dad. And I refuse to look it up. And I have <laughs> nobody ever tells me one way or another. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Wouldn't dream of it. I, 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 I just want to live in this limbo. We maybe he may not yeah, be. That's that's fine. My next nomination, and I think this is the final nomination for this test. And this this is this one's pretty much the opposite of hindsight corner. This is Ian Healy keeping in a helmet, uh, which today doesn't seem all that ridiculous. Uh, but at the time, keepers didn't keep in helmets. And Ian Healy, uh, because Shane Warne was spinning it so so much, uh, all part of Tubby's master scheme coming together, um, he, he, he uh, yeah, he, he decided that it was spinning too much, it was bouncing too much, it was too hard to keep to, despite his previously discussed ridiculously good uh, wicket-keeping skills, that he decided he'd don a helmet. And uh, it, that, that, that was very ridiculous back then. So great work from Ian Healy. He's really keeping Australia in this, in this particular test series yeah you got to put yourself in the time period haven't you and uh yeah try and try and see it as it was at the time and uh yeah batsmen wore helmets and not always yep yeah that's true yeah <laughs> Wiggy Gibbs absolutely didn't it was a real optional extra yes. 
I, I think what I yeah I, I I think what I like about Ian Healy, you know, doing these these weird things, uh, ridiculous stumpings and not claiming catches, and as he did in the previous test, and now wearing a helmet. I like I like I like to see a wicketkeeper being one of the one of the better ridiculous performers because wicketkeepers are, are much less likely to be dropped than than most players. So you want them to be a solid contributor yeah. uh, to the series. So Ian Ian Healy really stepping up. I I know Alex Stewart stepped up in the previous test, but I I like Ian Healy. He's pretty much has been Australia's strongest in this series. Yeah, so far he's uh, he's on for um, player of the series here. It has to be said. I I, I think that the the other I mean the other person less least likely to be dropped as we saw in the first test are captains and so Tubby has, has performed well. Yeah, leading from the front. Yep, but Ian Healy, nice, nice stuff from the keeper. Okay, is there is there anything else that you you spotted which didn't quite make the cut? Yeah, this one's very minor. But uh, Matthew Elliott, when he was caught behind, uh, he he, uh, he gave his. Uh, he almost, it was almost certainly caught off the arm. Like I don't, I don't think it actually hit his bat. It just rebounded off his, his bicep or something. And he, he he gave it a little bit of a rub as he as he wandered off after being given out caught behind. And that, that that's essentially um, in the in the pre DRS era. Um, that, 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 that's essentially the, the equivalent of, of making the tea. It's just giving the arm a little bit of a rub and saying, eh, I, I'd be forming a tea out of this if I was you know, 20 years later. Oh, how hand signals change. Yes. Um, uh, do, do you have any uh, unnominated moments? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I really spotted was, uh, it was it was Dean Headley's debut, as you said, and uh, he, he took eight wickets and uh, his, his team got thrashed. It just it was, a, it was a very sort of, I don't know, mixed, mixed feelings kind of debut for him also the manchester the balmy yeah. manchester weather wisdom even remarked that summer finally arrived after uh, <laughs> just absolutely hammering down at lords for half the match should we move to the votes yeah. then yeah yeah, let, let's go go to the votes. And I, I'm I'm pretty sure that Butcher getting stumped and Ian Healy performing the stumping. I'm, I'm pretty sure they, pre, they 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 negate one another more or less. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean it's a sign of how ridiculous cricket can often be a sort of cross team collective effort, isn't it? There were yes. lots of people involved in that. I mean, I suppose you could argue there were more Australians involved than Englishmen, but uh, still, it was everyone working together to create a glorious yes. Uh, Gross, ridiculous <laughs> moment for the benefit of all. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to push, uh, as I said, for Mark Wall's twins hundreds. Uh, just, just because uh, it, does, it does tickle me that a, a twin is scoring twin hundreds <laughs> in a test match. Uh, I, I, I mean, ridiculous on its own. The fact that they're twin hundreds and they're scored by a twin. Um, I, I guess the only thing that could make it more ridiculous would have been if Mark had also scored twin hundreds in the test. Ooh, so he would have had twin twin hundreds from twins. I can't. Uh, I can't get, wrap my head around it. <laughs> it's confusing. You know. So I think that's why. It's strongest point yeah uh, i mean I, I think my strongest would be england competing with themselves for collapses but <laughs> in a in a way that uh, i think that sort of promotes war in a little bit because he he was the only man who made runs in the first sort of three quarters of the match australia's innings first inning was not particularly strong other than him was it they, yeah. you know by the by the second yes. innings they were all junk rolling it around uh, with the pressure off but um yeah, I yeah I, I would say War probably uh, takes that one. I would give him the three points. Yeah, um, England's dual innings collapse off. I, I I do I do think that's strong. What's your other one? Yeah, that that, that is good. The, the only other one I've got, given 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 that we're negating the butcher stumping, um, is pretty much uh, Ian Healy wicket keeping in a helmet. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the 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 decades that have passed. It doesn't feel quite as ridiculous as as, as England uh, dueling with one another over a, over yeah. who, which uh, which part of them has the better collapse. And then uh, my my other one, my remaining nomination 
explanation was John Crawley's exercise in futility, which... I think I think it's the the treading on the stumps that makes that one. Doesn't but also it? the fact that at fifty five was it fifty five for four? Everyone knows yeah. what what's happening with this match, and John Krull <laughs> is just extending it for everybody. <laughs> All that's happening is there are people are having to watch John Crawley, but there's a there's a few people who are delighted about that. There's the old taking the positives and things, but fundamentally everyone just wants to get off and get done. But John Crawley's having none of it <laughs> until it's on eighty three point. He's uh, he's calling it a day. So, so are we saying Steve Waugh's got the three points and uh, yeah, I, and those two get the two and the one? Is this, is this a drawn test? Is this our first uh, drawn ridiculous test? It is. It's, uh, yeah, three threes. So drawn test. Yeah. All to play for. All right. Level series. Well, we're halfway through the ridiculous ashes of 1997 and it's it's one apiece. And uh, by a stunning coincidence, that's exactly what it is in the, 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 the traditional ashes. It's also one apiece. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how the back half of the ridiculous ashes go. Whether Australia can continue to hold their own against the the might of the '90s champion England ridiculous sides, or whether England will just crush them. I feel like class will tell, Dan. I feel like uh, England's innate <laughs> yeah. ability will tell over a six-test series. Yeah, they're they're um they're they're looking good. The the the, the collapses they're, they're they're a traditional way of being ridiculous, but they're they they're just so good at them, aren't they? They're really finding form. They started weakly and uh, they're really building momentum. I have every hopes that, uh, you know, the the team will, there'll be some team churn soon as well after two two, uh, (laughs) successive tests with the same team. Yep. Well, we'll we'll find out. Uh, the fourth Ashes Ridiculous Ashes test will be out in a week's time, and you'll be able to listen to that in your podcast ears. Then uh, you can listen to that by subscribing to this podcast if you haven't done so already. I'm not quite sure why you wouldn't subscribe. It seems like a perfectly logical thing to do. Uh, while you're subscribing, uh, make sure you rate us. Give us a five star rating. Uh, not honest five star rating. We don't want any uh, bogus five star ratings. <laughs> just just the honest ones. Uh, you can you can follow us both on Twitter. Uh, Alex is uh, the King's tweet. Uh, and Dan is Lieb Cricket, L I E B Cricket. And we will see you all next week. See you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.